This is internationally best-selling indie author, Michael Brent Collings, inviting you to join me at bestsellerlife.com DCR to unlock my tips, tricks, and hacks for a successful writing career. So go to bestsellerlife.com DCR and kickstart your writing adventure today. Hey, Dungeon Crawler, thanks for tuning in to our episode this week. But guess what? Did you know there's even more that you could be listening to? If you head over to our Patreon, you can get access to behind-the-scenes content, hearing more of the discussion before and after the show, and even comments in the middle that didn't make it into the final cut. Thank you so much for your support, and keep being great. This is Daniel. And this is Krebs. This is Alton. And I am Matai. And you're listening to Dungeon Crawlers Radio, the greatest geek podcast out there. All right, everyone, welcome to another episode of Dungeon Crawlers Radio, where we have an exciting guest for you this evening. Mm -hmm. We have the man, the myth, the legend, Dan Farr, the the individual that brought pop culture fandom to Salt Lake City, Utah with Fanex. So thank you for uh, being on the show today. That's quite an intro. Thank you so much. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, you're welcome. Uh, You know, I I remember years and years ago, you and I had a conversation on the phone. You guys were just barely starting out. Uh, we were excited to be a part of it. And, you know, it was like, yeah, we're going to have this little convention we're putting together. We're going to do it at the um, the Expo Center in Sandy. And yeah, I remember we're totally that. excited to do that. And then next thing I know, it's like, nope, it's at the Salt Palace. And it just exploded into this amazing event that continues to happen every year. Oh, you know, it, it is so fun to think back because you know, it's 10 years. So this is our 10 year anniversary. Yeah. So That kind of blows me away. I didn't realize it had been 10 years. Yeah. It's yeah. crazy. Yeah, it's gone by so fast. Um, but it was interesting to see how it built. I I had attended other conventions similar, like Wizard World shows. And I'd gone to the San Diego Comic-Con and, and WonderCon. And I'd been to some different conventions and I felt the energy, the amazing power that they have at those mm-hmm. conventions. And I thought, you know, why don't we have something like that here in Utah? Because I, you know, being from Utah, I knew that there was just huge fandom groups here. And I, I also realized that we had, you know, like when we there would be a pop culture movie, Star Wars or Harry Potter or whatever, Utah theaters would lead the nation. It'd be one of the top theaters in the nation to... uh to, you know, to premiere those movies. And so I, I knew that we, it was in the blood here. Um, but other people had done some research, like the wizard world people, they had, you know, we, we were a vendor at their shows and we had talked to them and said, why don't you bring one of your shows to Utah? And they said, well, you know, we flew out there. We looked around. We just don't feel that it's ready for an event like that right now. And so, um, I just I decided to move ahead, got involved with some really great people that are, are now grow ticks. But uh, basically, they they were Utah media group at the time and they uh, had been doing the geeks uh, show. I don't mm. know if you remember that years oh, ago. Oh, yeah. 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 So they they were doing that. They were about ready to shelf it. And I said, well, why don't we just build off of that and I'll bring in some celebrities and some comic book people and vendors and we'll turn this into a comic convention. And they're like. Well, if you want to, sure, because we're not doing anything with it. So they helped. So they basically came in as professional operators of shows. You know, that's what they had done. And I brought the concept and and the money to to make it happen. And then 
basically just kind of teamed up with them. And I will say this, it, it's been so interesting to see how organically the right people would fall in line and help us to, to put this on. You know, I, I look back and realize what I didn't know back then. And it's like, it, it's a good thing. I didn't know what I know now. I never would have started it. Because Seriously. It, it was like, we were way over our head. We I mean, we had the right people and that's what it took, you know, having the right people, but it was a much bigger thing than we ever imagined. Like, and as you said, we started out at uh, the Southtown Convention Center and, you know, we put tickets on sale and we had one of the five halls that they had there. And so we had, you know, we had a, um, an option to take the second of the five halls. So there, the halls are about 4,500 square feet, 45,000 square feet. And so we could have had 90,000. And so when we started selling tickets, we're like, wow, this is going to be good. So we hey, we want the second hall. And then we started selling more tickets. And then we decided, let's bring in more celebrities. And so we started announcing more celebrities, started selling more tickets. And it became a cycle that we got to the point in July when the event was going to be in September, September 5th through 7th, I believe. Mm-hmm. We decided to bet big on William Shatner. Yeah. And so we announced Shatner and Tickets sales went from around 5,000 tickets to 10 to 12,000 tickets, you know, just within two or three weeks. And it's like, okay, we, we're going to need a bigger boat. <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. And so we uh, went to the, it was the same company that managed the South town as the downtown. We said, you know what? I think we need to move this downtown. And I always wanted to have it downtown because of the, hotels and the nightlife and everything rather yeah. than in Sandy. So it didn't feel, it never felt right in Sandy. So it was really kind of a blessing to have it be where we really needed to move it downtown. And what that did, it gave us the capacity. So we had gone to, you know, the, the second hall, the third, the fourth, and then we needed the fifth hall. And then basically we knew we needed to move it downtown. So. Well, and not only that, moving downtown to the Salt Palace, in my opinion, probably gave you some sense of uh, legitimacy. I mean, that's pretty much our major convention hall here. And it said, now, nah, this is this is a big deal. It's not this a small little thing. Yeah. 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 And and I remember that first day, that first year, you know, being on the the, you know, the vendor floor and seeing those doors open for the first time and people flooding in. It's just it was amazing to see. It's hard, yeah, hard to believe how much, you know, demand there was at that time. We had we had, the lines were about a mile long almost of, mm-hmm. for yeah. people. To get I heard. I, yeah, that's what I heard. Yeah, I it was that. it was hard. Yeah, because we knew that people were waiting two or three hours to get in. And so, as a promoter, it's your best dream and your worst nightmare to have that happen. <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah, but these people aren't happy being in line but you know they made the best of it but still we wanted to get them in on the floor and so um but it was great from from the standpoint of just really legitimizing and everybody knew that that this thing was here to stay yeah no and when it comes to queuing uh, that's a really good point because i've been to a few other uh conventions i've talked with a lot of other fans that have been to other conventions and the lines and waiting you know, not just for hours, but for days, because uh, you want to get that special 
you know, the ticket to hall H or you want to be right. able to get into, you know, see a, a particular celebrity. And it is just, there's so, there's so few, it's so scarce and that the lines are just incredibly impossible. One of the things that I, in my experience that Fanex has done really well is the queuing. Not only do you have options to, uh, get in a shorter line or get to the front of the line. Uh, but even the, the, the regular lines are set up with, you know, you've got, you've got your, your, your volunteers there. You've got the zigzag stuff set up so that the lines move actually really quickly. And uh, the, the first year or two, uh, there was probably some growing pains. Like you were saying, there was a yeah. lot more re uh, response than was expected, but I saw a big improvement just from the first year to the second and from the second to the third uh, to get in there so that when you do come in, it's like Daniel said, it's just the door is open and there's this flood of people. It's not just a trickle from one line coming in. So my hat, my hat's off to you, my friend, the, the, oh, the lines at, at, at the Salt Lake Fanex are so much better than just about any place else in oh. the country you might have to go. Well, thank you. It, it's, it's um, a continual process to refine it and improve it. And it's like, we never, ever want to sit back and say, you know, oh, we've got it figured out because the minute we think that we don't. And so we always, it, you know, it, it's having the right people that are really focused in on and solving that issue. When we came up with, because of the lines and, and the challenges that people had getting in the first year, mm -hmm. one of our focuses was the fan experience. And that's where the name fan experience came from. Yeah. Was not only was it a name to kind of differentiate the fall event to the spring event at the time, but it was also a mission statement. You know, we wanted that to be our, our goal. Yeah. And I actually very much remember the first year, the first year was very, very special, but mm -hmm. as, as is the case with any sufficiently large event, the first time you learn a lot, mostly from things that are either unexpected or were just you know, possibly just mistakes in the system. Uh, for people who don't know, that first year had the best problem possible, which was that uh, we had the largest convention center, as was mentioned earlier, in all of like the greater Salt Lake area. And there were too many people trying to get into the building. The draw was so big. This was actually something that you kind of touched on before the show, Dan, which is that Utah, I think personally, is often underestimated when it comes to things like these types of conventions or fandoms or these major yeah. events. Um, that first year kind of blew everybody out of the water. What's your recollection of what that experience was like that first year? Well, it, it was, you know, we were looking at other how other conventions had started in their first year. Um, that February, we had gone to the first year that uh, Wizard World had a show in Portland, and they had about 15,000 people there. And it was, we're like, wow, if we can get to 15,000 people, that would be fantastic. Well, we ended up with about 70,000 people. So yeah. it gives you an idea. And, you know, we had seen other shows and how they started. So we were, you know, our kind of bragging right at that point was the biggest uh, first year comic convention really anywhere that that we're aware of i mean there may be some that have started bigger in, in asia or something like that but within you know north america we were clearly the largest first year event uh, of, of its type 
you know, last year there was a starship simulator set up in one of the rooms. Um, and in uh, uh, other years, including last year, they've had uh, just kind of walk in and play uh, Dungeons and Dragons style role-playing game, you know, pickup games of role-playing mm-hmm. games. Uh, KidCon was another addition in there. So we've got some great yeah. fun things for some of the younger kids that are there. So my, my question to you, Dan Farr, is other than the stereotypical comic convention type stuff, you know, the, you got the vendors, we've got the artists, we've got celebrity guests. What are some of the other unique things or unexpected things that were that you especially liked or took note of over the last 10 years of FanX? What's been fun is to see what the fan group will do, you know, the Star Wars group or the, you know, the uh, um, Jurassic Park people or, or Ghostbusters or whatever. It's fun to see what they bring in. Sometimes they'll spend you know, months of time building these really cool props and bring them in for photo ops for people. The last couple of years, we've had a group come in and do these balloon sculpture. And they're giant. They're huge. Yep. And so there's just, you know, once again, it's something that's not necessarily planned when I started this. I, I, you know, I'll say this is, if I were to go back in time and realize everything that would come out of it, I would have had no idea. I didn't realize how integral to the culture and how much of a really it became so much more so so important to people. And I, I had no idea that it was that important. I just thought it seemed fun. And I, I'm kind of a fun seeker. Uh, you know, so I mean, you've had some fa- amazing celebrities come. I mean, not only William Shatner, like you said, you know, you had the big event with Mark Hamill. You've had yes. a lot of individuals from the Arrowverse TV series, Stan Lee, yeah. Um, yeah. before he passed. That was amazing. This year, you have Michael J. Fox, uh, Christopher, Lloyd, Christopher Lloyd, and several other amazing individuals coming. How has that been, being able to interact with these people and bring them to your convention? Because... I mean, this is yours. Well, I'll tell you, it, it's very rewarding because, you know, people ask me, they'll say, who do you want to see at the event? And really a lot of it, so much of it is, I want to see the people that create the most fan excitement. You know, the Benedict Cumberbatches or the Tom Hillistons. Oh, yeah. I love seeing people just kind of, you know, get nervous when they're meeting somebody. I I just, I, I really, I live vicariously through the fans. <laughs> That's awesome. No, I remember, I uh, can't remember what year it was, um, but Henry Winkler was there. Yes. And Henry Winkler is the most amazing gentleman I've ever met. Because, I mean, that was the Fonzie. The Fonzie. <laughs> yeah. 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 You know, and, but I've seen him in several other things. But yeah. Oh, countless Just things. how wonderful and genuine he was was amazing and you know there's several other stories that we could talk about with other celebrities um manu bennett um yeah. luke Perigno, and so on and by the way we haven't announced it yet but money's coming back oh that's awesome <gasps> oh so are we allowed oh, cool. to announce that can we put that on the show if it doesn't get announced before you might be able to scoop it and you'd be fine to do that yeah that is that is awesome that we we suddenly and by the way anyone all the listeners we had no idea that dan was gonna do <laughs> that and and yeah. i also need to make this clear <clears throat> this episode not sponsored by fanex but yeah 
This episode does have some phenomenal sponsors, and we're going to take just a brief moment to hear from them. Hey, DCR fans, do you ever dream of quitting your job to become a successful writer? This is internationally best-selling indie author and friend of Dungeon Crawlers Radio, Michael Brent Collings, inviting you to join me at bestsellerlife.com slash DCR to unlock my tips, tricks, and hacks for a successful writing career. A portion of every sale at bestsellerlife.com slash DCR goes to support Dungeon Crawlers Radio. And even better, another portion goes to charity. So go to bestsellerlife.com slash DCR and kickstart your writing adventure today. Folks, thank you so very much for hearing our sponsors out. We hope you get a chance to check out their amazing products. Do you know, I have been, I have been feeling that well recently. Oh, no. And, you know, we live in an era where consent is key. Oh, you yes, know, yes, yes. we real that that really is important. And I, every time that I think about, you know, bacteria and viruses that just invade my body without permission, I tell you, it just makes me sick. Oh, Matthew, that was bad. That was oh my good. god! After all this time, did you expect it to be good? But I'll <laughs> tell you, I made another mistake the other day. Did I tell you that I put uh, a dartboard on my ceiling? Uh, no, you did not tell me about the dartboard on your terrible ceiling. mistake. It made me throw up. Oh, <laughs> just oh gosh, these are horrible. Yeah, that's <laughs> oh, good. Oh my gosh, I enjoy them. I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna maybe borrow those. Okay. <laughs> oh, go right ahead. Um, hey, uh, so Dan, you know we've talked about we've talked about some amazing things that have occurred during the lifetime of this event. We're we're hitting the you know this is the tenth year. You said is that correct? Yeah. Yes. So, yes. so it's a decade now, and it doesn't even feel like it, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. So my one question I have for you is, what's like, one, give me just like two of your all-time favorite things, either either types of activities or specific incidents that have occurred over the last 10 years with Fanex? Well, one thing that sticks out in my mind is, and I, I say there's, two things from that event, but it was the, the Star Trek um, Next Generation cast event that we had. We had William Shatner that oh. was um, leading the, uh, he was in the captain's chair because Patrick Stewart, little did anybody know, was actually going to show up, but he was not scheduled to be there at that time. We actually got notice in the morning of, of that panel that he was going to make it for the Saturday, but still nobody knew that he would make it. And so we, uh, so, so Shatner was sitting in, sitting in the captain's chair. We had the, 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 you know, the deck, the enterprise deck that yeah. was set up. And, you know, so we had majority of the cast from the next generation and they were taking questions. And there was a, a man that showed up in a wheelchair and he had he introduced himself as feet. He said, they call me feet because I don't have any because he had lost his legs in, I think, Afghanistan. And oh, um, and then he went on to tell them how watching Next Generation kept him alive, gave him something to live for and helped him through the hardest times. And to see, you know, I'm sitting backstage and I didn't really catch the first part of it. I think, oh, what's going on then? Because all of a sudden... The cast gets up, they're going down the audience, they're hugging him, they're interacting with him, just thanking him for his service. And 
you know, Shatner was choked up. He had a hard time talking. And it's like, you know, here's Shatner. Shatner is not an emotional person. You know, he's unflappable. Yeah, exactly. And to see that he came across as being, you know, um, broken up a bit by it. So as the panel went on, I mean, that was just nothing nothing holds a candle to that as far as we call them these magic moments the things you know you can't plan for that that's mm-hmm. nothing you ever foresee happening but it happens and it's magic and uh so we're sitting there and then shatner had to catch a plane so he couldn't stay in the captain's chair and they pulled me up from backstage and said okay you got to come in jump on stage here so i was sitting there and i'm like okay here i am you know, with the rest of the cast of TNG, I don't know what to talk about. I mean, I, I was <laughs> so, so much a fish out of water, but I'm up there doing that. But what we knew we were working towards is we were working towards the opportunity at the end of the program to announce uh, Patrick Stewart was going to make it for Saturday. And so I talked to Brent Spiner. They said, what do you think? Which, how should we announce this? Do you want to do it? He said, why don't I announce it? I'll tell people and then I'll, I'll change my voice. And he had it. Patrick Stewart, Captain Voice, and he, yes. and so he basically changed his voice. He said, "We have an announcement to make," and you know, I said, I, you know, turned over to Brent and said, "Yeah," or I said, "Brent's going to share something with you," and then he started in his Captain Voice and said, "You know, Patrick Stewart's going to be here on Saturday," and you know, just, you know, I, I remember just jumping up. I was just screaming. I was just so excited because I just felt that energy and the excitement for the, you know, the Trek fans that you know the TNG fans that are like you just brought pretty much the whole crew here and you know just it, it was a it was a magic moment moment so it was one thing after the other and but throughout the years there's been so every show has its magic moments you know you mentioned um Henry Winkler and how amazing he was in the line our our first show my wife had put together these care packages for each celebrity. And so it was a box that inside the box, there was a backpack and there was hand sanitizers and Sharpies and aspirins or whatever, you know, just a care package is what she called it and put together really nicely. And we left it in their hotel room. And so our show started on Thursday. Henry came in on Friday morning. I um, was busy over the show doing stuff. I didn't see that somebody had tried to call me we had on on that uh in those care packages we had our phone numbers said you can call if you need anything and you know just a little welcome from us and he left me this really nice message he goes dan i've been at these conventions for 30 years and never has anybody done anything so wonderful and nice you know just in his very you know henry winkler voice just so sincere and Mm -hmm. so nice and him taking the time to do that. I had that voice message on my phone for years until I changed phones. Like, oh, man, you know, I can't believe I don't have that anymore. Because he was just <laughs> wow. so sincere and so gracious. And but, yeah, so just that's that's what I love. I love having people like that. You, you know, Monty Bennett is so great with his fans. I, I love watching him interact. And, you know, if somebody's in a wheelchair, he's down next to him and he's getting a selfie with them and you know, just engaging and, and so many people, Jess Harnell, uh, you, you know, oh, you, you look yeah. down. The list, oh yeah. So many wonderful people. I, I love the fact that you brought up the, the special moments. There have been multiple across the years, either on stage 
um, on the convention floor. I mean, I still remember the the panel with Carrie Fisher where she was uh-huh. dying for a Coke and some guy yeah. had one and he ran it up to her and she, uh, Princess Leia just gave him a full-on kiss. Yes, you know, that, that, guy, was a, that was a full-on makeout. And I, yeah. I was backstage and I was looking for a can of Coke and I had one. And I almost ran up after the fact and just to see if I could get a kiss. And I thought, <laughs> no, will my wife be mad at me if I get a kiss? And so that that's one of my big regrets is I, because I told my <laughs> wife after, she said, you should have done it. Yeah. <laughs> that would have been awesome. I, I could have got that kiss, you know, but, yeah. but you I know what? Princess I didn't Leia. want to steal the thunder. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, again, that's the wonderful thing about this convention. You know, I have been to other conventions, but there is just a magic with FanX that you have been able to, it's lightning in a bottle that you've been able to catch. You know, it's an event that fans can enjoy and have fun with. And there are these amazing things that are going around. It's not just, yes, we can get photos, we can get, uh, you know, artwork and all sorts of things, but you guys really do work really hard to create an experience that even if you go once, you will always remember it, which is, you know, kudos to you guys. Thank you for saying I, I tell you, you know, the one thing I will take credit for is, you know, picking good people to be around. But even that, picking good people, then pick other good people. This is so much bigger than me. You know, when people tell me, hey, Dan, great job on doing this. And I kind of think, well, I can take credit for being able to ad- identify some good people. But really, for what this event's become, it's so much bigger, so much bigger than I could ever have done on my own. I agree. You know, it really is a focus on the the fan experience, and that's been totally awesome. Now, I, I, I want some sympathy for my wife because she is not a geek and she married a geek. And the thing about it, <laughs> I'm not using that in a derogatory fashion anyway. Not, not ever. It is uh-huh. a geek is someone who is extremely passionate about something that they really enjoy and they learn all the details they know all the stats and they really put a large invest a large portion of their life and their emotions in whatever their fandom is this show is not just for geeks and nerds it really is for fans of just about anything and that's one of the things i've been really impressed on is that it's not just comic book artists it's not just movie celebrities or tv celebrities but you've got voice actors you've got the you got animators the the artists behind all this you've got um you know small screen and big screen you've got the writers uh i mean i we had we had the six million dollar man the bionic woman uh, a little while ago which i loved because you got these people from like you know your childhood the shows you used to watch there and stuff so let's peel back the curtain a little bit. Uh, ex- explain to our, our listeners, what does it take to get a celebrity to to come to the show? Because a lot of them out there, and I ask this because a lot of people are just like, I really want so-and-so to be here. Why can't they just get so-and-so to come? And it's like, I think there's a, a lot more difficulty with this, a lot more complexity than just calling the person up and say, hey, what are you doing in September? So, so tell us, right. how do you go about... Uh, getting celebrities to come to the show well i tell you there's a lot of different paths you know sometimes i mean what's always fun i i'll I'll get an email or a phone call or a text out of the blue from someone like bob eubanks you know it reached out to me for for the show this year and and uh he had got my information from another promoter and it's like 
wow, this is cool. Bob Eubanks is reaching out to me or, you know, different people. I've had that happen, you know, over the years for the celebrities themselves will do it. A lot of times there's convention agents. Uh, you know, we've sought out people through agencies and different ways. I do a lot of, I try to go to a lot of different conventions and talk to a lot of other promoters and we all compare notes. It just, it, you get to know these people and they're, they're amazing. But I, I say what makes it happen, what it makes my job very easy is when the celebrities come to Utah, the fans here are amazing. They're just, I, I don't know if our fans here in Utah know how to be fans without being fanatical or crazy. Mm -hmm. You know, they people that show that appreciation without going over the top. Yeah. You know, my favorite, thing about the show or my favorite thing about the event is i i'm a celebrity uh what's what i'm looking for i'm a celebrity hog i like to meet them i like to shake their hands uh, thanks to the many years that you've had fanex going on uh we'll be watching some show and i'll turn to my daughter and i'll be like oh i met him or i'll be like <laughs> yeah. oh, oh oh i actually i met her she's very very nice you know and yeah and, and then my daughter's like, dad, you've met everyone. And, it, and, and I like turn, you know, break the fourth wall and wink at the camera. Ding, a little fan X in the corner of my eye. But, um, but uh, you know, you've already, you've already given us quite the gift by, by allowing us to know that Manu Bennett is coming back, which is absolutely phenomenal. Yeah. That said, uh, what is one thing on the horizon for fan X that has not yet happened that you are just aching to make a reality I, I would like to see us getting to the point where we can maybe have our panels you know in in the delta center i i would like to see oh. like we did with mark hamill i would like that yeah. to be a regular thing and so we'd probably have to double our attendance to really get to the point where we could justify doing that because there'd be nobody in the vendor halls if, if you know what i'm saying so we we'd have to have the right you know we have to have the right number of people there to keep the vendor halls busy and then we fill the, the arena that would be ideal i think we'll be there someday and when we do that that's going to really open up possibilities for us uh, currently what's your dream panel to put in the delta oh boy uh i i would i would say the um the avengers would be be amazing Ooh, that's what i, I was think thinking that would be that's yeah. what I was thinking. It was either going to be Avengers or like a Firefly yeah. reunion or okay. something Firefly like that. Firefly would be cool I mean, too. Yeah. I'm going to throw this out even though I am not the Trekkie in the room. You are not you know, the Trekkie in the room. And we do love you, have you anyway. A, do, yes. To have a panel where every living captain is in that panel from that would be cool. all the series, <laughs> that would be amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I'd, I'd also like to see a Lord of the Rings reunion too. With, <gasps> oh, that would be with hot. People. Yeah, with some people that haven't been out to the conventions too, hopefully. Yeah. Now, we've been talking a lot about Fanex, obviously, and we're going to we're gonna drop the date here in just a second so that people in Utah or even nearby can attend. But it also occurs to me that, you know, we have a global audience. We have people all over the nation, all over the world. Yes. And this is not the only show that you help organize. Is that correct? Mm -hmm. Yeah, we actually, um, a couple of years ago, we uh, purchased a company called Imaginarium that has had a show in Tampa, Atlanta, and Indianapolis. So for the past two years, uh, we've been doing shows in those cities as well. And what that does is that kind of that helps us to kind of expand our footprint and, and be, be a lot more um, 
like like for booking celebrities and things, the they take this a lot more seriously. It's like, oh, I want to get into two of your shows or three of your shows, and and it, it does help us. It gives us a lot more clout uh, that way. That's Absolutely. awesome. No, I'm, it's very exciting. I mean, all great cities. Um, you know, as we I mentioned off the air, Indianapolis is a fantastic city. They transform their city anytime there's a, a convention that comes in. I, I've been there for Gen Con. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, there's a burger joint I go to every time because they change their whole menu. So the menu has oh. names like you can get the Sephiroth burger. You can get, <laughs> uh, you know, the Captain Kirk special or something like that. So it's always amazing. The whole city transforms. I, I love it. So everyone listening. So Fan X is September 21st, 22nd, 23rd. Uh, not only that, if you do show up, you can also find... Our, our live show that we're doing at Fanex. It's a panel. Uh, we're doing Dungeon Crawlers Live, the 40th anniversary of Kroll. And yes, if you haven't are. listened to this show, you don't know that Krebs is a major fan. Because uh, <laughs> it's all he's ever talked about for the last two years. Did you years. say Krolltimate anniversary panel? Yes. I think he said Krolltimate. I think he said Krolltimate. <laughs> yes. uh, so that'll be fantastic. You can come see us. Not only that, there are so many amazing panels that are going to be there. Not only on the main stage, but on the off the the smaller uh, panel rooms, which is you guys do a fantastic job. There is always something going on from the moment that door opens till they say, all right, you have to leave for the night. Come back tomorrow. There's (laughs) stuff going on like crazy. And everyone's happy. Everyone's laughing. They're joking. They're moving. There's I have never seen an environment so filled with joy and happiness like there is at, at a convention like this. Oh, that's great. And it's also worth mentioning that there, there are some people that are very big fans, but they don't like crowds. And so mm-hmm. the idea of thousands of people on a vendor floor might, might be attractive. Don't worry, my friends. Fanex is for you, too. And I've been really impressed with there's quiet rooms. There's places a person can go to unwind and to relax if the anxiety gets to be too much. And there is so much to see. I dare say that there is a place for everyone at Fanex. Mm -hmm. If you follow the hallways around the outside, there's a a tabletop gaming area that I've seen. One year, there was a karaoke stage set up. Uh, There was a retro arcade area another (laughs) year. So there's if, if the crowds aren't your thing, there are other areas that are less crowded and you'll find more of your people that you can hang out with. And then when you feel like it, go hit the floor and you're going to find something amazing when you're there. And if you want something truly epic that doesn't suck, uh, like Daniel says, Thursday, Thursday, there will be Dungeon Crawlers Radio. (laughs) In fact, actually, before we forget, Dan, what are the official dates for this year's Fanex? The the official dates, September uh, 21st to 23rd. September 21st through the 23rd. It's happening pretty much the entire day, every one of those days. It is a spectacle to behold and uh, a a marvelous experience to be part of. So yes. Dan Farr, thank you so very kindly for the great gift that you have given <laughs> to the, the Nerdopolis. Now, here we are at the end of the show. 
And there's a little yes. tradition that we hold for our uh, guests, especially when it's the first time that I've had the chance to interview them. I know you've been on the show before, but this is my first opportunity and pleasure to interview you. And so now we're going to do something called the lightning round. In this round, I'm going to ask you a series of questions. I don't need you to think about it very hard. I just want the first answer that comes off the top of your head. It's like an ink block test, right? You it, find yes, out yes. I want you okay. to know that every answer will tell us something about you and probably your parents, and there will be some harsh judging at the end. Okay. All right, here we go. Dan Farr's lightning round. Ready, set, go. Dan, what is your favorite color? Uh, blue. No, purple. No, I'm kidding. Blue. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice reference. He's already on this game. I know, right? Yeah. Are, are yeah. you a pet guy? I have, I have, uh, I am a pet guy, big time. I we've got a dog and we have four cats. Oh, and uh, fish. You know, uh, I have some aquariums, <laughs> more than I need. But yes, I, 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 I do love pets. I know you're a very busy guy, but what is the nerdiest thing you are most passionate about? Probably the Halloween stuff. I mean, because I really, I mean, I get in there and go nuts over it yeah you know what dan far you're right i will come to your house on halloween <laughs> and yes. finally what is your stance on the 1983 sci-fi fantasy film crawl wow um I, I, it's got it's great I, I just have to say it's great um I'm trying to remember who, who's the main actor in that. I, how come I can't remember? Uh, the main actor in that film would be Ken Marshall. He was uh, he started it alongside of Lisette Anthony, and you would see some famous British faces like Freddie okay. Jones and and Francesca uh, Onnes and Alan Armstrong. It's and so probably on. been and five or forty years since I've seen it. Exactly forty yeah. years, actually. <laughs> well, I mean, I saw it. I don't know if I saw it right when it came out or if I saw it on video at a friend's house after the fact. Mm -hmm. On HBO or something. You know yeah. what, Dan Farr, you're right. You should come to my house and watch Kroll. <laughs> I think that would be great. Yes, that'd be fun. Uh, thank you so very much for entertaining me for the lightning round. That's that, Those are all the questions I have. Dan Farr, you have been phenomenal. Thank you so very much for being on the show tonight. Thank you, yes. guys. For, really appreciate it. All right, guys. Come check out uh, Salt Lake Fan X, September 21st to the 23rd. If you're there on Thursday, check out our live panel. But check out the vendor floor. Find some celebrities that you have huge crushes on, but be respectful. And we'll catch you next time. Thank you. And my passionate geeklings out there, always remember to let your Fanex flag fly. So say we all. And whether you just want to walk the floors and check out the vendors, or you will show up in an embarrassing amount of regalia to meet your favorite celebrity, always remember to be epic. And don't suck. Remember, the Force will be with you. Always. Thank you for listening to the podcast. If you like this episode... Please give us a five-star rating on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you find us.